Good day, brothers and sisters, and welcome to another edition of Centurion Faith, the podcast that helps a believer in Jesus Christ to seek the kind of faith that makes him marvel. Hebrews 11.6 says, Without faith, it's impossible to please God. You must not only come to, those that come to God must not only believe that he exists, but that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. So if you're listening to this podcast or any other podcast preaching the gospel and pursuing God and trying to learn from God, I commend you. I tell you, you're in the remnant today if you're doing that. If you're a disciple of Jesus Christ, a follower, a learner, that word disciple means learner, follower. It also means discipline. So if you take time to study the word of God, 2 Timothy 2.15, Study the word to show yourself approved. A workman of God, somebody who's doing the works of God. Rightly dividing the word of truth, learning the word. I commend you if you are somebody who dives into the word. Um, and if you're listening to this podcast, you're that somebody. You're the remnant. There, There's a lot of people out there today that are claiming to be Christians, quote unquote, But very few are disciples. Very few are diligently seeking the Lord through his word and through prayer are two best means of of seeking him and finding him through the operation of the Holy Spirit and the believer. And that kind of leads me to my message today. I think really for us, um, I had two different titles that I've been wrestling with. so this message, I'll just wait till I get done and then just decide. But it, it's either was going to be called How Then Shall We Live, which is a title that Francis Schaeffer used. I think he wrote uh, a book with that same title in like the 70s uh, entitled How Then Shall We Live. And then he also did, I think there's some videos you can find on Amazon with that same title, How Then Shall We Live. And I think it was kind of in response to his learning everything learning the word of God, experiencing God's presence through the Holy Spirit, knowing that God was real, having real encounters with God, learning the word, learning how to walk in the spirit. But then then how do we live? How do we apply all that God's teaching us to our lives? How do we take application? How do we apply the word to our lives and how do we walk it out? And um that's kind of, I think, what everybody is wanting to know today, even the remnant of believers. And when I say remnant, too, I just want to be clear um, that what I mean by that is there is always a remnant. If you look in the Old Testament uh, and even in the New Testament to some degree, there's always those who choose to follow God and then always those that walk away. And those that really actually follow him to the end are those that are that are the remnant. It's usually, I mean, just by and large, I think today just a good guesstimate would be like 10% of professing Christians are part of that remnant. And I think that the studies that the Christian um, group Barna does, they do surveys and they survey people coming out of churches, everything like that. And they, they do surveys essentially on the body of Christ and on the world from a biblical worldview and Barna, you know, recently did a study that say that says that uh, only 9% of professing Christians read the word of God daily, study 
to show themselves approved, 2 Timothy 2.15 again, and are really seeking God, Hebrews 11.6. So 9%. So let's just say 10 and give people credit, but there is a remnant. So for every, of all the believers out there, or professing Christians, I should say, maybe 10 are actually really following God and not the world. And I would say too, not to, I don't, uh, there's never any condemnation in Christ Jesus. So therefore, I pray that there's no condemnation in my messages. But I, I just think the time is coming and is now here where we need the remnant to just rise up. And really, the 90% that aren't following are probably going to be those that fall away in the end times if they haven't already fallen away. I don't say that with any delight. I say that with sadness in my heart. And I would say, too, if you're maybe somebody who's on the fence, has one foot in the world and one foot in the word, that you make a decision today to go all the way to God and with God and 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 um, dive in and diligently seek him, like it says in Hebrews eleven six. Without faith, it's impossible to please God because you must... It's not only about believing that God exists. Say, oh yeah, I'm a believer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's it's about diligently seeking Him. That's what God says faith is. So if you're on the fence, get off the fence. Either go whole hog for the devil in the world, or go whole hog for God. I beg you. If you're going to do it, go all the way, one way or another. Go go all whole hog for God, or go whole hog for the devil. So anyway, with that said, I'm going to move forward in my message. And originally, the title I have in my notes is going back to basic training. And some of the things that I've learned for God, I'm just going to share some nuggets and, and going back to the basics of, like I said, it could have a dual title here, How Then Shall We Live? But going back to, to the basics of the faith some things that God's taught me that are just so vital that I want to share with you this morning and things that I have to relearn and repeat. Part of me doing this podcast is just sounding out some things and reminding myself of things that God's taught me that I've gotten away from so I can just stay on that narrow path. And this is something, this is such a nugget. I'm just going to say this. God's word is his will. And God's will is his word. Think about that for a second. His word is his will, and his will is his word. Amazing. Christians, most Christians today say that they want to know God's will, but they don't study his word. His word is his will. The New Testament, for example or Old Testament as well, you can say that word testament is will. It's a last will and testament. You say that you want to know God, but you don't want to even study or know his word. Please, please don't do that to God. Please don't do that to other people who need to know the Lord. Study to show yourself approved. A workman of God who's skillful in the word of righteousness knows how to wield the sword. Please do the world a favor. Go whole hog for the devil. Don't, don't be a Christian in name only, a sino. Go for it today. Make up your mind to follow God. Another truth 
you must be born again. Jesus said in John 3, when he was teaching Nicodemus, keep in mind, Nicodemus was a leader of the Pharisees. He knew the word of God or the, the Torah of God, the five books of Moses and the law and the prophets. He knew the writings that they had at that time, 2000 years ago. He knew them backwards and forwards, but he didn't even know God was right in front of him. And Jesus was trying to explain to him, you must be born again. And he didn't know him. He didn't recognize God right in front of him. And Jesus tried to explain that unless you be born of water, meaning a natural birth and the spirit, you can't even see the kingdom of God. You can't enter the kingdom of God. You must be born again. So I think that there's a lot of believers out there today that have not received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And like through the scriptures, we see that these are two separate encounters, two separate things um, that a believer can receive. Sometimes it's simultaneous. Somebody receives Jesus and they're baptized immediately in the Holy Spirit. In my case, I prayed to receive Jesus when I was little with my grandma, but I didn't receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit until much later when I came to the end of myself. Decades later, it's sad to say. It's pathetic, but it is what it is. But uh, when I cried out to Jesus, I think I knew Jesus my whole life, but denied him. I cried out to him when I had cocaine heart attacks from too much coke like three times. And he always saved me, but then I just went and lived like the world and just indulged my flesh again and went to drinking and sleeping around and doing all those things. But I knew better. And when my when I came to the end of myself in February of 2002, I cried out to Jesus in my heart. And I said, Jesus, if you're real, you need to be real to me right now because I was thinking thoughts of suicide. And he that's when I got filled with the Holy Spirit of God. And it's paramount. And I don't say this, if you're unsure, I wanna say this, that the Holy Spirit is a gift. In, in Acts, Acts 2.38, Peter says, repent every one of you and be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. He's talking about a water baptism. But then he says in the second half of that verse, and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a gift available by faith to any believer. That's You can find that also in Galatians 3.14. Um, it says that, you know, Galatians 3.13 and 3.14 says that, uh, that uh, Christ became, you know, sin for us when he hung on the tree. For it is written in the word, cursed is anyone who hangs on the tree, so that the blessings of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, and we might, we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. We we receive the Holy Spirit the same way we believe we're saved, cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ in our spirit, and saved and going to heaven by putting our faith in Jesus. That same faith we use to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So it's amazing. It's available for anybody. Matter of fact, if you're unsure, I mean, I can say this prayer. I pray with the inmates a lot um, just to welcome the Holy Spirit in your life. Um, and you can say this prayer, and I believe just received today the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Father, I recognize my need for your power to live this new life. Please fill me with your Holy Spirit. 
By faith, I receive him right now. Thank you for baptizing me. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in my life. Amen. Congratulations if you prayed that prayer. That's a prayer that I think a lot of believers today that know that something's missing in their life. I think that's the something is the, is the receiving and the gift of the Holy Spirit. God wants you to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit more than you want to receive it. Jesus said, you know, it's necessary for, it was necessary for him to go to the cross. He says this in John 14 and, and also chapter 16. He talks about, I've got to go away. If I don't go, then I, and I can't, and I'll go to the cross. I don't die for the sins of the world and take care of the sin nature of man. Um, then I can't be ascended into heaven, into glory raised to new life and ascended and seated at the right hand of the Father. And he says, when that happens, I'm gonna send you the gift of the Holy Spirit. And even the disciples, think about this. Uh, the disciples who wrote a lot of the New Testament did not have the gift of the Holy Spirit. They wrote the word of God, the Holy Spirit of God on them and inspiring them with these scriptures, 1 Peter, 2 Peter, 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, 1 John, the Gospels, I mean, all of these were written by guys who, who were not born again. They, they had to wait. They, they all denied, think about it this way, they all denied Jesus and they fled when he went to the cross. When, when, when the chips were down, they denied him. However, Jesus had told them and instructed them once he was gone to go to Jerusalem and just wait for the gift of the Holy Spirit. And think of their lives, how much they were changed on the day of Pentecost when they received the gift of the Holy Spirit and how their lives ended, how bold they were. They were so bold and so filled with the Spirit of God and it was so evident that the Spirit was on them that even the shadow of Peter healed people. And in the, their lives before and after the cross are profoundly different because of the gift of the Holy Spirit that Jesus died to give us, all of us. It says in John 17, this gift is not only for you, and he's saying this to the disciples, he said, but it's to everyone that'll follow after me because of your word or because of them sharing the gospel, which has been handed down to us through the generations. So Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore, Hebrews 13, eight. So that gift is available for us today. And let me tell you, once you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, when you pray, God moves in your life. When you pray, the Holy Spirit moves. Mark eleven twenty two through 24, I think it is, talks about this and it says, when you pray, believe that you've received and you shall have it. You don't need to see a darn thing when you pray. You don't need to see a manifestation. You don't need to have five birds fly over your head in formation or see an angel. Just pray and believe that God's heard and that he's answered and leave the results to him. Pray and then move on, believing God will do something, whether it's that day or whether you see the manifestation a week later or years later, don't worry about it. Pray, believe, and move on. You don't have to beg God and keep asking for the same thing over and over. Believe that he's heard you and move on. There's too many people to pray for today to have to re-pray the same prayer over and over. Pray a prayer of faith. Believe that it's powerful and effective, James 5.16. 1 Peter 4.7 says, The end of all things is near. Therefore, be sober, watch, and pray. 
That's a word for today. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be sober, be clear-minded. Watch and pray. Remember this, that you're either a disciple or you're disobedient. Either, you, either discipleship is really all about what you choose to do, whether you choose to get into God's word and to use the gift of the word, walking in the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, whether you take your time that you have, your resource. Greatest resource you have is your time. Probably the second greatest resource here is your, is your money. What you do, it's not even your money, it's God's money, but what you do with the resources he's given you tells everything about you. So I think if you take your time to study the word, to pursue God in prayer, I believe you're a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. It takes discipline. That's where that word disciple comes from. Discipline, it takes time. You're spending time in prayer, in the word, and discipling yourself to see, so that you can study to show yourself approved. Again, that's God's word, not mine. So I hope this has encouraged you today. If it's convicted you, that's wonderful too. The conviction of the Lord is powerful and tremendous. All the stuff that I'm showing you has convicted me to press in and to try to come up higher and to walk closer with God. We're just we're just scratching the surface and God is infinite, you know, and we know in part. We're just learning a little bit and it seems like because God is infinite and we're finite, the more that we learn about God, the more we feel like we don't know anything. And I was joking the other day in a Bible study that I'm in with the guys that I was studying with. I said, man, it seems like by the time we just are just get to know God a little bit, we're going to be with him. You know, it's like, I think the more we see that he is infinite, we're finite. The more we get to know him, the more we feel like we don't know. But actually, we are becoming more like him. You cannot take your time, your greatest asset and spend it in the word without being affected because the word was actually written. It's a holy Bible. It was written by the Holy Spirit through the hands of men. It's a holy Bible to tell men how to live a holy life and instruct us and lead us and guide us in righteousness, how to live right, how to walk, how to talk as children of God. And I don't think you can spend time in God's word or in prayer and not be affected. You may not see the effects of it, but trust me, other people do. I love to see Christ in other people as much as I like to see him working in my life, to see a prayer get answered, to see somebody be helped because I just take the time to stop and listen and pray. I don't always do that, but I'm trying to be more aware of these people around me that are hurting Everybody that you encounter today, and I'm gonna close with this, everyone that you encounter is that person in the story of the Good Samaritan in the Bible that's battered and beaten up by thieves and robbers and just broken. Every person is hurting. We're all the least of these. God says, Jesus said, whatever you did to the least of these, you did to me. Remember, no matter who you run in today, even if it's somebody who's your enemy, Pray for them. 
love on them, bless them, be good to them, and watch God move. Take a step and watch the Holy Spirit move in your life in Jesus' name.